0: So hey, I'm Erica Bates, and I am here with the profit producer, Jimmy Newson. Jimmy, would you please tell everyone about yourself?
1: Oh, I get to do that. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Jimmy Newson. I am the profit producer. I'm the founder of Jimmy Newson Consulting and Moving Forward Small Business. I'm also the senior advisor for the New York Marketing Association. Um, I get the opportunity and the pleasure to work with a lot of businesses, small and and large, um, in regards to uh, marketing-related strategies and implementation, um, sales-based business growth. Um, One of our goals um, with Moving Forward Small Business, the organization I just recently started, is to help uh, decrease the amount of failures of 1 million businesses by the year 2050. Um, I had the pleasure, my background is in the music industry and from there I went to video and from there I went to digital marketing and then from there just, you know, everything happens uh, just kind of came together. Um, Lately I spent a lot of time um, working with businesses, especially during the the trying, the tough times we're having now, really working on their strategies around building a really strong online brand and building all the infrastructure under that because it's one thing to post on social media or, or write a blog post, but if you don't have a system in place to now take those people and move them further into um, your funnels, build a relationship, and then eventually turn those people into uh, leads, I mean, into customers, you know, you're doing yourself and your organization a disservice. So. You know, that's, that's a, in a nutshell, really how I look at this. And then, of course, at the end of the day, how I, how I was named the profit producer is because we look at marketing sometimes as just a way of just doing something um, or getting your message out. But there should be a lot more to that in regards to, at the end of the day, there has to be an ROI tied to that. And so marketing leads to sales, sales lead to ROI, some type of money in your bank account. So that's, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Hooray. I was just about to ask, how did you uh, get the name Profit Producer? But you just said. (laughs) So uh, would you tell us about um, how you uh, started to host your first summit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we do a lot of live events. I'm in New York uh, Well, we don't do any live events right now, uh, but we do and we will again. Um, And of course, we do a lot of online events as well, more like webinars and if lives and things, interviews like this, um, and when I was dealing with the New York Marketing Association, and we were really focusing on trying to put together a gala, um, I believe it was maybe a year or two years ago, uh, yeah, at least a couple of years ago, and one of my very closest colleagues c- came to me and said, hey, why don't you think about doing a virtual summit, and I'm like, I don't want to do a virtual summit, uh, I want to do something real, you know, something I can touch, and so I ended up joining, joining, jumping on this webinar with a, a gentleman who was teaching about virtual summits and then the light bulb went off and I was like, wow. And, I, and, and the key with a virtual summit is uh, over a live event is, is really the cost. <laughs> you know, the cost of producing a live event, especially when you're, you're trying to get 500, 1,000, 2,000 people into a room is tremendous. You know, there's a lot of upfront costs from the venue to food <laughs> to printing and, and, and everything else. And with a virtual summit, you don't have any of that. <laughs> you know, you're still gonna have expenses but it's literally 1 20th, maybe 1 of what it would cost you to produce the live event. And the thing I do love about digital marketing period is that almost if not everything is trackable. So, Prime example. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, you, can, you, know, you can't always track everything that happens at a live event, but you can track on everything. So I, after seeing that that presentation, I said, okay, I think I want to look at this even more. And at the time I did my first summit and I have a few more, but they're, they're still in production. Uh, but when I did my first full blown summit, um, I actually did that summit on my own um and and not and not use a lot of my partners um the, the marketing association some of my other partners I'll mention on here today um and I did it on my own and believe me it was a tough undertaking but I do a lot of that stuff anyway and when I say on my own I still had a small team with me very small team at the time um but I really didn't want anything to get in the way of me getting that done and that and that was the key because I where I've worked on producing a number of summits over the last couple of years, and some of them are still in production because there's too many people that have too many things to say. <laughs> and that's great because you always need more input. But the reason why I did the first summit alone was because I said, regardless of what it, what it is or what I have to do, it needs to be done. You know, I'm not going to harp all day on what color should the logo be or what, do, what should I talk about? I'm like, no, none of that. We're just doing it because at the end of the day, if you don't just do it, it's not gonna happen. You're coming up with all these reasons why it can't happen or, or why you have to delay it. And, and the prime example was I, I had two summits, one with a partner and one by myself. Guess which one happened and guess which one still has not happened. And so you have to look at six, You know the, what are, what's the goal. The goal wasn't necessarily to do an incredible summit. Of course, that should be the goal but it wasn't. The goal was just to complete it for the first time, learn from it, and then prepare for the next one.
0: I recently heard that uh, when you're starting out with a summit, you should consider how you feel first and then your audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took me a minute and I was like, I'm not sure, but like you just said, you got it done because that's something you wanted and working with other people, it kind of slows you down some
1: yeah Yeah. and 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 that's because it was still and i still think it is relatively still new now even in in 2021 but you know when you're introducing new technology people sometimes get a little scared you know or they or they want to really understand it i always i really want to understand it but i move at the speed of a of of a a soup of a train a super train i you know so i'll i'll invest the additional time and energy and I'll pull it from somewhere so I can still get that same knowledge, but then act upon it. So, you know, and, and like I said, so that was really, so it, it was an incredible experience. We had a great deal. The one thing that we lacked was the, the amount of, of, of traffic and, and, um, <clears throat> and attendees, but for those that did attend, they, it was, they said it was an incredible experience. So, and that was more important than anything because now I knew I had a winning formula And we're actually about to relaunch that summit in April. Um, And and I'll talk more about that later because I'm sure it's going to tie into a few questions you have.
0: I really enjoyed that summit. My favorite speaker was um, a woman who was on the New York Marketing Association with you. I can't remember her name, but she was a copywriter. And I really liked what she had to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You talk about Helena Escalante, I believe.
0: Yes, that's it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she she me and her and she like i said and she was the one that convinced me to do the summit in the first place so we, we call each other's twins even though we look nothing alike that's how close we are <laughs> well,
0: I'm, I'm glad she uh convinced you because i really did enjoy that uh summit thank you so, so um what about your first summit that you really enjoy that uh you're going to carry on to your next one
1: yeah. So I am what you would call, believe it or not, an introvert, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and most people find that extremely hard to believe. And when I'm talking about things like this, I'm very passionate. I'm very open uh, and, and I can do things like a superhero that if you took all that away, you'd be like, that guy's no superhero. You know, like I'm a guy that get in the elevator and, and don't talk to me and I'm not going to talk to you. But if you start talking about specific subjects, especially around business, well, Jimmy shows up, (laughs) the proper producer shows up, not Jimmy goes and sits in the corner. Um, So um, the question was around what did I learn? I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Um, So I think the biggest thing I learned was, you know, because I mentioned introvert was I had to go out and and build relationships with, with people I did not know. So I had to come, you know, not that I'm not used to it, but I needed 30 people. (laughs) and and I needed them to be very specific type of people so it wasn't like I just had to go find 30 30 of my closest friends I had to go you know so I'm like all right my friends are not experts in marketing so I need to now make those type of connections so it really gave me an opportunity to look at something bigger than what I've done before more more structured you know because you're still talking about in most cases a single topic but trying to break it apart and make it interesting about and, and take many different viewpoints, even sometimes if you don't agree with it. You yeah. know, so it was the, so the learning part was really building those relationships because relationship building is a key component to growth, you know, and, and potential new business at some other point. I'll tell you right now, even, you know, I'm still doing business with a lot of the speakers. Some are the clients now. <laughs> You know, some are partners, uh, some are people I can call for, for, for different things. Some are people that I have in my Rolodex because I'm going, when I do that, this is my contact, you know, so you really, and, and the great thing about it is those speakers are also usually movers and shakers like you, you know, so you're dealing with people. And when they say surround yourself with the five people you want to be like, you, you, you just surround yourself with 30 of them.
0: <laughs> well, um. I thought, well, this is my personal opinion of you. Your superpower is being a linchpin, finding people and connecting them with uh, an audience. And I thought you were very good at that. So um, having a summit gave you a a connection to do other things. I really like that. Um, (laughs) So um, when you have your next summit, you're going to have some of those people um, be with you or... No, or are they going to help at least?
1: No, no, because, you know, it, it depends on the summit. You know, I have, a, I have a lot of talking points and I've grown since the last time I did my first summit. And, you know, my position has changed. My perspective has changed. And, you know, and so let's just say like, pro- or like let's say three of the people that were on my first summit were, we're, we're in talks of doing summits based on their their um their expertise, you know. Where now I may not be the host. I'm just on the back end. Now that's now a business relationship, uh. Because uh, you know, if the spot, if the if the summit is done properly or or, or correctly, um, it's a it's a generator. It's a revenue generator, you know. And then of course you get even more connections, you know. So um, I have I have three summits slated, uh, for. Um, this year into next year uh, one is called the uh, millionaire the millionaire summit uh, one is called the and I think this is the one you're excited about the partnership summit because partnerships are huge and I do part yes. all <laughs> the time and I am I'm
0: excited about that
1: <laughs> I'll share my insights to give you the idea you know, I had a call last week from the NDA. And they called me about something they're doing that they want me to be involved in. Now I met someone who connected me to the guy at the NBA a year and a half ago. <laughs> I, so,
0: I want I want that ability.
1: <laughs> so you know, so I'm talking when I'm talking partnerships. I'm not talking you know down the street partnership with the local restaurant. With nothing wrong with that because that's still very important. But we're looking at partnerships that can really bring a lot of value to you and to them. And the key is determining what that value should be.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're meeting people, making connections, doing behind the scenes work. Mm-hmm. So you're you're hosting summits for uh, other people now?
1: Yeah, well, and I've been pushing it off because it's a lot of work. Yeah. And wasn't sure what I should be charging. And, and at the end of the day, What we all have to focus on, and and this goes before the summit, is really what is your bandwidth? What are you, what's important? What are your goals? You know, and I do this for everybody, company, uh, partnerships, uh, clients, just people I have conversations with. When I understand what my goals are for, and I'm talking uh, short term and long term, one three months to one year, um, that tells me what I can and can't do. And so I'll do stuff, I'm on boards and a few other things, I, I, and I'll take myself off stuff because I realize I made a mistake, it doesn't align with my goals. And so that comes in the same thing with producing summits. So I have three people I was preparing to do a summit with on, on their behalf, and I postponed it. And I postponed it because I'm like, this is, it's, it's taking me off my path if I wanna build a company to do summits for people, then that might be another thing, but that's definitely still further down. So I only, I have one client that I'm, I'm producing a summit for. Helps me to help him because it still at the end of the day, helps make. And I know that sounds a little selfish, but there's always, I'm always giving more than I'm getting. So, you know, I'm always still gonna give them 100% of anything I have that can help them be successful.
0: I believe that the um I'm trying to um host summits for other people um I've researched um how it's done I've taken courses and my husband's like you don't need to take any more courses you've ran summits before you just need to do it it's like what you said um earlier about jumping in ocean and just uh learning how to swim right away so um yeah it, it is a lot of work um a lot of people um I'm also a graphic designer a lot of people want their designs a certain way I want to charge extra for that and um they're like why can't it just be included and I was like it can be but you're still gonna have to pay an extra uh price for that
1: <laughs> yeah definitely all, all those elements represents individual elements whether you do it or somebody else does it and you know and and, and like you said you can include certain packages and certain levels and that's why I decided not to do a lot of it because people don't understand the amount of work and and so not to discourage people not to do a summit you should do one If you're in a position where you're trying to be an authority a, a thought leader and authority in your industry um, I'm on the uh, I'm on the board of an organization called the, in- the International Business Development Professionals. And literally before our call today, we just got off of one of our committee meetings and I wrote down in my notes, they need to do a virtual summit for business professionals. But I hope they're not watching this video. (laughs) I decided not to tell them about it yet. Why? Because guess who's gonna have to do that summit if I bring it up to them? You. Oh, I said, let me hold that one for a minute (laughs) (laughs) until I determine who I can tell to do the summit in their on the org- in their organization, and I'll support them. I don't want to do it because again, there's a lot of work, and if you've never done a summit before, you don't realize the amount of work. Um, so, like I said, you can do. I mean, we did three day summits. Uh, you can do one day summits, half day summits, all these things just to get your foot wet. So you bring on five speakers for half a day. You know, so it's not like you got to do a whole. I just like to go big.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And I, and, not, and I like to go big because I'm trying to do big things. And so if I want to get noticed by your MasterCards and your American Expresses and, and your Wells Fargo's as sponsors, you need to go big because they only play big.
0: Yeah. Like um, this year, I had uh, my goals written out and my word for the year is prioritized. And I'm really trying to get everything in the right order so I can keep moving forward and not have my cart before the horse. Yeah. Um, how do you, uh, I know you, you've been talking a lot about your goals that you set for yourself. How do you realize um, they're in the right order? And if uh, you're working on things that's not in alignment with your goals?
1: Cool. Nice. Great question. <laughs> and, and this is where some of you might go, oh yeah, he's going to nail this. Nope. We, we're still all human. It is February the 11th and I still have not completed the goals I was I was supposed to set in December. Now I have a great, I, I, I have goals and I have a direction, but I really wanted to nail down. These are my, and so, and it's just because, you know, everything's set, everything kicks in. You got, you're running your business, you got clients, you got other events like that are going on. And I actually recently started blocking out, time off my calendar like I put holds all on four straight days and the only way people can get on my calendar now is if I put them there so now I did that recently and I'm talking last week I think I initiated that because you need to block out time for yourself to do these things like goal setting because I took a sabbatical last uh at the end of the year um and I and I got a lot done but I still was a little non-focused on what should have gotten done. Um, so I'm trying to get better at that. So that's a, that's an ongoing process. But I did speak to a someone I'm possibly going to hire to, and their job is to make me finish those goals. And that's sometimes where you have to, you know, you prioritize. I'm prioritizing goal-making by creating a goal to make someone make me do goals. <laughs> 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 Why am I willing to pay someone to do that? Because I realize how important that is for me to to see success on a, on a on a continual basis for the long-term. Yeah. So, um, so to answer your question it's, I, I, I have a number of documents that I run my clients through. I'm now officially running myself through um, and that's all around just in that basic, it's very basic. You know, what are your one-year long-term goals, professional uh, and personal? What are your three-month long, three-month goals? Of, and I'm like, okay. And then from there, I'm able to go. Okay, now I know what I can't, what I can't do, and what I have to say no to, and what goes on the back burner. Um, so that's pretty much how I how I look at goal setting, and determining. I need to say no a lot more than yes.
0: What goals have you set for your uh, your upcoming summit?
1: Um, I actually haven't set any goals for the upcoming summit because the. The first thing I'm doing, and this is part of what we'll talk about. uh, I know the question I think you may ask me um, is, I'm looking for a high-level strategic partner, and I'm this close to closing them. Once I close them, my goals are tied to their goals.
0: Understand Uh, that.
1: And so that's so I don't. So that's where you. That's when you really start to see true clarity. Is in regards to now you do want to align yourself, and this is where the partnership stuff really comes into play, where you know I have a vision, I have ideas about doing stuff, but if I have a you know, but but all that always revolves around me finding the right partner, you know, when I, when I, when it's time to do it bigger then I could do it alone.
0: How do you know when you you have found the um, right partner?
1: Um, it just it's. It depends on what you're trying to do so the key here thing the key thing here is what am i trying to do and usually and and this is where the marketing side comes into play because marketing is all about what who are you trying to reach who are who are they what are you selling and what's the connection so i have those two things but and that and let's just say that this summit i'm relaunching um i know what the product is i know who the audience is and now the partner has to match both and that's how you choose the partner and, and okay. the big thing is the audience and a partnership is when i say partnership it's a loose word so it could be sponsor it could be true partner that shares uh responsibilities for the creation and implementation of the prod project uh partners could be silent so then they then you don't care they don't really care what you do as long as you make the money you know for me you know i deal in Producing events that have tangible results on behalf of the end user. So I'm not interested in the State of the Union type stuff. <laughs> I'm interested in you know the State of the, the industry does the 50 billion dollars last year. So what I need to know what I need to do to get some of that. You know, so give me real tactical stuff. So uh, shit, like the partnership I'm going after is is a is a partnership I kind of already have in other ways, which is a tool called SEMrush. Um, so they, and, and I took their tool and I used it for what it wasn't built for, which made it a unique conversation that I had with them. And that's really what you have to look at. And I, and I understood their, their industry and I also mastered their tool. So now when you have their salespeople that can sell the tool, I can sell the tool. Why can I sell it like the, with, with the quotation marks? because I use it, so I sell it from real life experience versus here are the features and this is what it can do for you. Okay, that's great. But what can, how can I really use it? How can it help me make sure that I'm using it properly? That's how I show them because I use it on a daily basis. Um, Tell
0: us what it is. What is SEM
1: Rush? Oh, so SEM Rush, Mm -hmm. I call it the Swiss army knife of digital marketing. (laughs) You know, you can do everything (laughs) with this tool from, um, uh from SEO to paid ad research um, uh, to you know analyzing and fixing people's websites to content creation strategies um, and implementation um, and then one of the biggest things that has been kind of like a talking point for all for me for 2020 was competitive research because at the end of the day someone has probably done what you're trying to do and i know some people don't want to hear that but at the end of the day if you asked any any business professional uh, that uh, that helps people start businesses, you know, you want competitors in your industry because now you can det- now you know that the industry is viable. You also know that there's money being exchanged, <laughs> you know, spent, and so now you just got to figure out how do I position myself to be in the front of that pack, and that's where competitive research comes in, market analysis, and you can do all this stuff in this tool. Like I said, it's like a Swiss Army knife and I use every ounce of it, um, no matter what my client's services are, I can find a use for that in 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 the uh, in this tool.
0: I'm a big fan of research. I like to think that the best information is hidden in the re- written word. And uh, so that's a, a good way to find uh, strategic partners uh, okay. by researching using that tool.
1: That's great. Using that tool. And, and mm-hmm. it's funny, another funny thing, I. I And this is where these partnerships really start to play because when people look at the summit, they only focus on the summit. So, like this, when I look at the summit, I look at the summit like this because everything you've done in your, the reason why my first summit, even though I didn't have a lot of people on it, I consider it was very successful because I already could do all the little things that I had to do within the the summit as a whole. I just never did it as a summit. (laughs) So, and, and that's why I, that's why. At the end of the day, I know I said you you might want to produce on your own. Well, I knew I already had the, the knowledge In uh, individually with certain components of, 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 a, of a summit. All I had to do was put them together. So you might still want a partner, but not a partner like an SEM Rush or American Express or anybody like that. You might just need a real partner, your best friend, who's also a huge digital marketing lunatic. <laughs> um, or if you're not the digital marketer, someone that is a digital marketer or, or that has some marketing skills that can partner with you and you do it together, but now it's a close knit type of partnership. You know? so, so, th- these are, so these are things you wanna think about.
0: Okay. So um, like I said, I really enjoyed your uh, lead magnet summit. And I've heard you say twice now that you wish you had more traffic. So, what can you do for your next one to bring in more traffic? Because you already had a great product.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And that, and that, and so um, the first thing is, yeah, what would I not do again? Not do a summit without a partner, without a strategic traffic generating partner. Now, if you, whether I don't know the people watching the, here, if you've done a summit before or you plan on doing one, you know, there's a lot of best practices. And one is, you know, getting the speakers to, you know, oh, if you bring on all the speakers, the speakers are going to promote and you're going to make a ton of money. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's it's, one of my speakers had over 100,000 people on this list. And not that he didn't mean to do it. None of them do. I had great speakers. I had a speaker who was from the past president of the National Speakers Association on there. You know, so I'm like, man, I'm going to get tons of traffic. The thing is, they're all busy. They're all running their businesses. If they, you know, you sort them out because they stand out. Yeah, and standing out, well, obviously, they, they, they obviously got a lot going on. So yes. you're not, you don't want to be upset, but you got to be realistic to understand that, you know, your, your summit, as important as it is to you, may not be as important to them because they have, you know, it's important to them, but it's not as important to them and you know if you don't supply them with as much of stuff as you can up front then little will be done on their behalf just because of time yeah you know and when you do supply it they still may not even look at it they may not get they may have lost the email and so i realized that you know it's a great theory that all these speakers are going to promote for you but in reality it's it's not going to be what you're thinking unless yeah. you happen to be best friends with the guy or girl <laughs> so I realized and that's why I kind of postponed a couple of my summits because I said I needed to work on a couple of things one I need to work on the USP unique selling proposition of Jimmy Newsom and then two I need to align that to find strategic partners that are specifically all about traffic they have a huge audience um, the way I position them is in a way that it, and typically they have some product or service to sell. And it aligns going back to, to the peak audience that we have determined is important to both me and them. And when you're able to do that, Brendan Richard talks about, you know, he's a, a famous uh, uh, motivational speaker, connecting to the super trained. They're already moving at a thousand miles an hour. You know, You just need to make sure that what you're doing aligns with a lot of what they're doing. So it becomes an easy sell. It becomes an easy conversation to have. And, the, uh, and it becomes obvious that, okay, I think this could work for both of us. You have to impress them. They don't need to impress you. They're already moving at a thousand miles an hour. You need to catch, you need to be connected. So you're connecting to them and they're pulling you at a thousand. And that's good because you're gonna learn. <laughs> you're gonna learn a lot. So, um, So partnerships is key. And that, you know, so that's where I look for in a partner and that's why I even use the SEM rush tool to see what they're doing online, because if somebody is online. So they're, you know, when people go, well, I want to partner with this guy. I go, well, what are they doing online? If they're not really doing social media or they're not, they don't have a ton of traffic to their website. That's why you're not getting the traffic in the first place by partnering by expecting people who don't have a large audience. Now you don't have to. I don't well, I don't even, I don't even care if my audience my speakers don't have a large audience. Why? Because I'm interested in the content, the quality of the content. And, mo- and you know, you got a lot of great speakers, they don't have a huge audience, but they got incredible presentations, they got incredible um, messages. I go, yeah. so their job is to do that. The traffic guy's job is to generate traffic. So you just separate those two. Those yeah. are two different things, treat them. Independently of each other. And now you can guarantee your speakers through the partnership that we're going to get 5,000 people on the summit. Why? Not because I, I'm saying that you and all the other speakers are going to share, because we secured a partnership with someone who I know I did two summits, I did two webinars with, and in three days they had 2,500 people registered. You know, now there, there's more believability there's more you know there's there's an opportunity for them to go okay great and I'm going and, and all I want you to do is just rock it in the in the in the presentation so you don't have to focus on trying to share it now if you want to share it of course you can and you should but I'm not even requiring you to do that because I've taken care of it
0: okay um, besides traffic what else um, would you bring to your next summit
1: um I think for me, it'll be a more clarity because <clears throat> to be even more focused on what, you know, integrate, so, and like I said, there are, I guess it really depends on the summit. I, when I do my interviews, I try to structure them in a way that there's some takeaways that are real, real tangible that you can do, you know? So the interview style, it can, can always be improved on and the way that you want to structure the interview so that you know it naturally leads to it it naturally progresses to the fact that you can now re re, reiterate you know what what was talked about today and what should be the next few steps if this is the direction you think is best for you as a as a business owner you know so just getting a little bit more clarity it's really not much you know and like i said i'm saying that because i've done so much of this stuff that it's almost second nature to me, so it may not necessarily be fair to a lot of people (laughs) to to hear it that way, but I think at the end of the day, the two most important things is great content and a traffic source, because, you know, without those, without the traffic source, the traffic source represents the traffic, the great content represents the the, the conversion, traffic and conversions, you know, which is, I think it's even, that's an actual summit, I think it's ran by I want to say Ryan Dice of digital marketer, you know, and, and and at the end of the day, to me, when it comes to online, those are the two most important things, traffic and conversions, you know, great product. And, you know, of course there's some, there's a lot of little stuff in between these two, but if you look from the 50 foot view, you need a source and you need a product. And in between is that person that needs to be the traffic coming through and land on the product.
0: Yeah. I recently went to a a three-day summit and they told me the most important thing was how I felt about hosting a summit and finding quality people. And I'm thinking, I have no idea how to do that last part. (laughs) It's like, I understand if I feel like doing it or not. Mm -hmm. But finding quality people seems a lot harder than finding a good um, traffic source.
1: Well, it's actually, the other. for me, it's the other way around you can you know finding quality people is a numbers game you know and this is where you know i went through virtual summit training as well to uh, to another guy i can't remember his name um but you know if your goal is 30 speakers you need to speak to at least 100 you know because you're not going to get everybody yeah this is where you're going to come back to to when, when they talk about how do you feel i look at it differently i look about look at it as how are you positioned Unique selling proposition. Yeah, one of the biggest things I did for myself for 2020 for at for all of 2020 was I worked on me, and I'll give you an example of that. When I would speak to potential prospects for my business, which is in digital marketing, um, they would the nine times out of ten they would always say this: "You're a lot more than what we read about you online." So what did that tell me? That I should be having more conversations, but what's online doesn't represent who I am. <laughs> okay, so, and so I said, then I need to fix that. So I hired a blog, I, I, I hired a, a bio writer who coined me the profit producer through her process of writing my bio. So I, I like that. Me. She came <laughs> to me based on a series of questions that she asked me. And then I and she goes, I'll give it to you for for you know we'll, we'll collaborate on it. I said I don't want to collaborate on, write my bio. I said, I am now the student, and I'm going to accept what you give me. Like other than the only things I would change are things that I I figure are either misleading or not true, or she misunderstood how I explained it. But besides that, I go, I'm not changing it. I go because the, I think one of the hardest things people can do is write or talk about themselves. Yeah. So once I did that and she wrote that by and this was in August of 2020, when I got to that stage, everything changed. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, exact, I'll give you an example. After that, then I applied to be a writer for entrepreneur, got in. They, there's a there's a they usually have to call you to interview after you submit. I didn't get this. I didn't get the call. I just got accepted. <laughs> um, um, I, I had a conversation with Forbes about being on the Forbes Business Council. I passed everything. I have to meet one more requirement that I'm meeting this year, and now I'm on that. I, I started joining a number of boards, you know, and committees, because I needed to be around other people who were doing big things like I'm doing or trying to do, um, or doing things that I would like to do. And 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 it's really about not that I want to do what they're doing. It's really about relationship building. I want better relationships, you know. So my call, my I have a conversation with Google through one of those contacts. Um, I have a conversation with a couple, couple other Fortune five hundred, Fortune one hundred companies because of those relationships. Um, but when you after when you position yourself, now people look at you differently, you know. It's not about what I've done, it's about what I want to do, how I want to contribute to the world. And when they see that that vision, your future pacing yourself, they're going, that's the guy that we really like to, we like to talk to. Because I'm thinking bigger, I'm thinking larger, I'm thinking, and not even that you got to think bigger, I'm thinking, I'm always, everything, we're servants. So mm-hmm. I, I want to help people, and, but I put it in a way that it, that it, it's, it's, it's big, it's grand. Um, <clears throat> then from there, now I can step back and start talking partnerships and things like that because I can align around my purpose, my mission, and my vision versus what I sell. That's the difference.
0: Now I'm really looking forward to your partnership summit.
1: Yeah. You just
0: made me excited about it.
1: (laughs) And these are the things we talk about because you don't hear that, you know? And a lot of it I stumbled on and then I realized, I'm like, this is great, you know? but this is how I made those connections because there is a process and something has to come before something else. So now when I do a summit, you know, you have to make yourself a lead magnet. You yourself are a lead magnet, but if you don't have, it's like, it's like buying a book, reading it and going, this is the worst $8 I've ever spent. You need, that book needs to be dope and you are the book. (laughs) So you need to, package it properly, and then put it back out there. Now you start building those relationships and partnerships. So that that brings it back to, that's how you start looking at you know, the, 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 the partnerships. Reaching out to get speakers is, to me is not that difficult. Getting quality partnerships and trying to align them and making them work. That is the hard part, because especially if you're going after big brands, big brands are not gonna give you their brand name if they think you're gonna screw it up. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely understand that. So would you suggest for everyone to have a bio writer to get started or work would, on your brand messaging?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, at the end of the day, take a look at yourself, do an audit of yourself. And and, and, this, and, and this is a prime example. I realized that I everybody has probably changed over the last 12 months because of everything that's happened. You may have acquired required, acquired new skills. Uh, you may have switched positions. Uh, you've done something hopefully that helped to better you for the yeah. next of your life. Now the question is: Did you update everything on your on your? Did you update your bio? Did you update your social media channels to represent that? Yeah. Nine times out of the ten, they did not. So you're still operating on on outdated information. Yeah. So whether you hire a Fiverr an upworker or a a true writer have someone else do your bio so they can get an outsider's perspective on how they view you based on, you know, whatever their process may be to write your bio. You know, some people just go, give me all the stuff you've done and I'll, and I'll write up the bio. I don't like that because you're still only giving them limited information on you. At the end of the day, people want to know how you think you know what are your, what how how you process things what you know when you can articulate that in a way that inspires people especially if you t- if, if any if everybody on here is talking about running a summit you're you're an authority <laughs> you're you're a thought leader to a degree so you need to think like that you need to be represented like that even if I oh, I just I run a salon hair salon you're not just the person that runs a hair salon if you're trying to run a summit around beauty understand so you have to you you need to step out of that and, and 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 revamp how people need to look at you you just happen to be a thought leader who owns a beauty salon not the other way around
0: yeah my husband tells me that he went to a store that had um pictures of musical instruments and he went inside and found uh, skateboard equipment boards ramps wheels tools to fix skateboards and he says the outside of the store didn't represent what was inside. And I asked him, I wonder if I'm doing that with my uh, social media presence. He says, this is exactly why I'm telling you the story because that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> so I, I have changed my social media to match what I'm doing now. It took me a minute. I thought it was a hard pivot because I really wanted to work with uh, graphic designers. But every time I ran a mastermind to help graphic designers move from being a freelancer to a business owner, Uh, business coaches would show up and I'm like why are you here and they said because everything you're you're teaching graphic designers it works for my consulting I'm like oh okay so now all of my social media now says I work with business coaches
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah and so once you start and now yeah you represent that you repackage it it's a you know it's a it's a more aligned message now you can figure out all right so what do I do with this how do I find people You know, because at the end of the day, it's hard to take someone from working as a freelancer and and turn them into a full business owner. There's a lot of steps, but like you said, there are people that, that immediately get it. You want to go where the money is, even though it's still the passion that you do, people have to be able to afford you. And if you can't, then you're never going to excel to that next level. And, you know, so it's easier now to find partnerships with people who, who also cater to, I mean, you can find partnerships, you can still cater to the, the graphic design industry as a subset of that, and then partner with a big organization that supplies tools for these graphic designers. And for example, just to throw that out, just throw it out there, Adobe. I'm a huge Adobe product guy. So I have, you know, I have the whole suite, you know. So being able to, you know, so that would be a great alignment for graphic designers. Now for business professionals, it would be a different scenario. I mean, there's so many different other options you can go with, you know. And, and then I think the biggest thing is, is is communicating with them, you know, finding out about what are their true issues when it comes to not only graphic design, but running their business. Why, like I said, if, if you if they're telling you why they're here, you take stock in what they're telling you, so then you can determine what great partnerships I can bring to the table because of what they're saying and that like i said there there are always flags out there that tell you you know once you know who you're targeting and what the product is everything else has to match there's there, it's just no other way around it so now you you immediately go well i know that the product has to match the audience and it has to be part of the of, of what i'm going to sell so obviously now these are my categories for potential partnerships, who do I already have relationships with? More importantly, what tools am I already using? This is one thing I talk that I'll be talking about a lot this year. Is when it comes to unique selling proposition, um, what tools do you currently use that either help you see massive success, or you help your clients see massive success on? It? That tool now becomes a potential partnership. Because if you can talk to them about how you use their tool to help, now you want to open up the door and go, how can we work together? As me, as the um, the um, influencer slash expert slash authority figure, and you, the product. Because, and that's how I put. That's how I made my presentation to SEM Rush to build that relationship with them. They have six million users worldwide. That's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so uh, tapping into their their ecosystem so I I went to them and said hey I use your tools religiously for every single one of my clients here's how I do it now here's what I would like to ask you what will it take for me to speak on stage for you globally anywhere in the world they were like okay you got our attention and then we started talking about we started with a webinar so of course I didn't go for world domination on day one uh, on the last year, 29th of October, because I remember the day we did our first webinar. And then we did another one. And now we have one coming up in, a, in, in literally a month from today. And then I'm making the pitch for the summit for them to be okay. a part of it. Because I'm building relationships. I'm showing them what I can do. I'm getting great results every time I do a summit for them. I mean, a, a, a webinar for them. I'm building, I'm, I'm investing my t- time and energy and I'm proving my, my worth and my loyalty. And that that took- is a,
0: a better idea of what I had for myself. Cause I was, everything you just said, I was thinking affiliate marketing and I was thinking a giveaway, but just asking them, can I be your partner? That's a better idea.
1: <laughs> you're, let's understand what you're doing. What you're doing is, is you're, you're helping them create something and they don't have to do the work. So that's your gift. That's your selling proposition. You're going. I'll create this, the webinar. I'll talk on a topic if you want. I'll talk on my own topic if it aligns with what your what your goals are for the year. We really want to focus on these specific tools. Like now, tell me. We want to we want to do something around this specific uh, tool set. I go. Okay. Give me a couple of days. Let me look at it. I'll present something to you. They're going. Okay. Great. Now it is officially off their plate. Did you just help them? Yes. And this is and this is a true partnership. And now it's a win-win for both you and them. And that and like I said, that's where you really do have to really think about this stuff. Cause I'm going, why am I partnering with them? Because they do align with what I'm about to do. You know, the goals that I do know that are set. You know, I'm going, I need, you know, and this helps my partnership. This helps my clients. This helps me understand the tool even better. Now they'll they show me stuff. And I have a direct line with them. I like that. And and that goes back to partnerships. Find, if if that tool can represent, can be represented in your summit. And so, and I'll I'll take it a step further. So because of my summit, I use that tool for 90% of everything I talk about in the summit. So what did I decide to do? And this is part of my pitch to them is I'm going to demo your tool in four different ways throughout the summit. Now I'm integrating them into the summit not in a way that I'm selling them, but how I use their tool to accomplish a goal on behalf of my clients. Now people are going, I need to get that tool because I need to do what you just taught me. So it's not a question of, do I want to get it? It's a question of how can I not get it if I want the same results? I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you got me thinking. I'm a big fan of AppSumo, but there's only a few tools that I use. Like, I love Book Like a Boss. I love Hey Summit. Um, yeah, that's great ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, you, because they already have the audience. The thing is, they're not really into the business of doing all this other stuff. They might be to a degree, but not like you and I. Yeah so there and, and and at the end of the day you're an, not only are you an, an an expert you're also an influencer and so this is where this is how you have to look at this stuff and and as an influencer you're able to get to more get you're, you're more you you bring an authentic realness to pres- marketing let's say you know cuz marketing is like hey we're the best buy us because we're the best and and we can do all this stuff. And they're going, yeah, everybody says that. But when you as an, an influencer go, look, you buy the tool, not only because it's a great tool, but here's how it can be beneficial to you. Here's yeah. how I use it. These are the results I've gotten from it for not only myself, but for my clients. Now you're giving them to a degree, case studies, testimonials, um, uh, real real examples all rolled into one. You're yeah. giving them a better experience before the experience even happens. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, I was really thinking about what you just said, but as an affiliate marketer, and I have already made some top 10 checklists for these products mm-hmm. and how to demonstrate them. But having you hearing you say partnership with those companies, I really think that is a better way to go with it. Um, I was recently thinking of... Uh, a summit that I could do with all of my um, the programs that I have that I I like and I was just thinking maybe I could ask them for um, uh, a gift card for their products for a, a giveaway and then I'm like no I like I like your way better Jimmy <laughs>
1: yeah and you can incorporate that stuff because that's all that's part of the win-win and in addition to our partnership I w- we can do this oh that's great when I said that those are add-ons, you know, you're not leading with I need a a free gift card. You're leading with let's build a partnership and from that partnership let's figure out how we work together. And I have a few ideas. You see? And then they're going to pick one because you don't necessarily know what's on their mind and what they're trying to do. But you're give, you're just kind of spurring ideas and they're going they're either gonna go, I like this one or they're gonna go, well, we were kind of thinking about this. And you're gonna go, oh yeah, I could do that. Great, then let's figure out how when we start. You know, you always leave it kind of open-ended, but you do enough research on the company so you can talk intelligently to them about stuff that 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 could be possible, synergies and opportunities to start the relationship in the first place. And when you're doing that, now you're looking at at building a relationship that can benefit you, whether you need to start a summit for the first time, you're in the middle of planning one, or you're you're thinking in the future, I'm gonna run one. Start building those type of relationships now, because that's gonna be key to your traffic. And As far as I'm concerned, that is my number one thing moving forward with anything. There's, whether it's a summit, whether it's a new product launching or that I'm doing, anything, partnership. If it's on a bit, an event level, I want to partner.
0: I like that. But I guess we should wrap up now. I have hold you here uh, almost an hour. Um, is there anything you want to tell us before you go? Like um, your uh, webinar you have coming up? I think you said in yeah. March?
1: Yeah, March 11th, I'm doing a webinar um, with SEM Rush. Um, I think it's how to create a killer lead magnet. Because why did, I, why did I push them to do that one? Because I needed to align with the fact that I'm launching the lead magnet virtual summit. You know, so everybody on that call will immediately see the direct correlation to, all right, you did this in one hour. What are you gonna do in a three-day summit? It's an easy sell. I attach it to, you know, and and, and also the fact that I want them to be the, the headline. I want them to headline the summit, you know. I, I have no problem. And this is where people get a little bent out of shape. They want their face on things. They want their name on things. I couldn't care less if my name appeared on some of the stuff I do. I couldn't care less if my face was there. It's never about you when it comes to marketing. It's about the end user and what they want. And when you position it that way, you have a better opportunity to get people to take action. So that would be my message. Take you out of the equation and put the people in front. And a prime example: a friend, Morgan. Uh, I'm, I'm si- signing a new client that starts next week, and he wrote an ebook. I consider myself an expert on ebook creation, and he sent me the book, and it's in uh, multifamily home real estate. And his face is right on the cover with the title. I said, "I go, and I, I go. I, I didn't read the." He goes, well, what do you think about the I go. I didn't read the book yet." He goes, well, "Why not?" I go, "Because all I see is your face." I go, nothing wrong with your face. I go, but the end user doesn't know you. So why would they trust you? I go, what are you selling? He goes, multifamily home investments. I go, then you put that on the cover, period. You off that on. You put that on the cover. And I go, and you can either put that on the cover, the product or the the end result, or the type of people you're trying to attract. If you're trying to attract family owners that want to buy apartments, and put a family on there. They need to look at that and go, hey, that's my family. That's not my family. <laughs> you know, I go, you you have to look at it from, what we call the top of the funnel, the awareness when it comes to creating this stuff because a lot of people are coming to this, to your site, not knowing you. You can't assume they know you because how many people do you know and how many people are actually in the world? So...
0: Close to $8 billion now? Just a little under?
1: A little under. <laughs> You'd be a billionaire if every one of them gave you a dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. i have to figure out if I can make that happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. And The Profit Producer is a fitting name for you.
1: Thank you, <laughs> and like I said, and, and it wasn't me that came up with. It. I never would have named myself that, but she goes based on how you communicated with me. This is what I this is what I would like to call you, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And I can't I can't tell you. I got on the phone with uh, with a guy. Last one last thing. I got on the phone with a guy last week, uh, potential client, and he goes before we could even get started. He goes profit producer. I'm like. Okay, he goes, when you look, he goes, not a profit producer, it says the profit producer. He goes, When a name like that, I have to know who you are. And that, like I said, and that's, and that's the power of, of having a really great bio that sells you before you even get in the room.
0: Well, I knew you before you had that name. And when I saw it, I was like, that's fitting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so and it may and it even make people reconnect because they realize wait a minute something's happened that i didn't know about so like i said so you unique if, if i had to get one piece of advice even though we're talking about summits unique selling proposition reposition yourself to be the best version of you that re- that represents who you currently are or who you want to be
0: i think of summits as um event marketing so that's fitting well i want to say thank you for your time jimmy i appreciate it
1: always a pleasure you call me anytime erica you know i'll always be there
0: hooray i know it's hard to get on your calendar now so i appreciate that
1: <laughs> so good thank you and thank you all for watching i i don't have access to see the chat so i'll go and look at it later if there's any comments i'd love to uh you know uh, oh you guys can always connect with me or or.
0: if you would, while you're in the comments, leave that um, the date of your event, Uh, I think you said March 11th?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll post the link, I'll post the link later today um, to the action, to the webinar. Okay, see,
0: well, thanks again, and I'm gonna stop recording now.
1: (laughs) Cool.